The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And thank you again for joining us. You know, we've had so much feedback from our listeners on some of our education series. And as you may know, we are doing all sorts of stuff from our failure series to our use case series to a glossary series that we are just getting going here on the key terms for AI, machine learning, and big data. You know, it's surprising. We've been doing the AI Today podcast five years, 300 plus episodes, and still, still terminology. <laughs> That's kind of where we are. Over 50 years of, uh, well, I think the AI industry is almost 70 years now. It's getting to be that old. So, um, you know, that that's always important. So I would say if you aren't subscribed, be subscribed, you know, listen to all of our podcasts and be part of it. But we are also thrilled to have uh, other folks join us. We've had some great interviews with folks who are not only practitioners in the AI space, but are in other parts of the technology and ecosystem landscape where they're being important. So, well, we have a great guest with us here today. Right. So we're so excited to have with us Anne Campia, who's the host of the Everyday PM podcast. So welcome and thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to make the connectivity. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and you know why you started your podcast and maybe what your podcast is all about. For sure. So my name is Ann Campia, as you mentioned. I am currently the vice president of operations for a marketing agency called One and All. Uh, but prior to this role, I am a former Amazonian, a former Appletonian, if that makes sense, but formerly of Amazon, formerly of Apple. I used to work on toys. The connectivity for me has always been project management and product management. I am a certified project manager. I also have a master's degree in it. I only call that out because I'm a nerd and I love project management. So I'm just trying to make the audience understand how much I am passionate about it. Uh, in my role today, I oversee all of operations that includes the project management team, as well as our system. So our technology, as well as our data and, and all of that, that good stuff, all the way through execution. So you can see kind of the wide umbrella that operations covers. And I think this is going to be a great timely conversation as we, as we talk through the questions you have loaded up for me today. Um, I actually started the Everyday PM podcast because I think just like AI today, I wanted to break it down for the audience that project management is applicable, not just to your professional life, but your everyday life. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm trying to promote that everybody can or should be a project manager, but I do believe there are basic fundamental uh, things that you can learn from what you do in your everyday life that can be uh, connected to your professional life and vice versa. So it doesn't mean that you have to carry a project management title, but just to break down the principles of project management, there are things we do like create a shopping list or 
how we get to the grocery store and using a map and working with your family to plan the next family get together. There's a lot of little things that you can take from the experiences of doing these things in your personal life and have them apply to your professional life and have them to apply to project management. So that is the point of the Everyday PM. I started that again as a passion project and it continues to be that. The audience is not just of project managers, it's kind of of everybody who's just interested in learning more about project management. So this, again, I'm excited about this conversation because we get to make that connection between AI as well as project management. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. It's a great background. Lots of experience like the Appletonian and the Hamiltonian <laughs> and Hasbroni and all those great things. Yes, absolutely. And and I think I think that's interesting because I know a lot of our listeners, they're thinking about, you know, the technology, they're thinking about data, they're thinking about how am I going to make these AI systems work and and even you know, in the context of these, these bigger projects and sometimes smaller projects, sometimes they're still thinking about them. Sometimes they're actively doing them. And I think what a lot of people have realized is that the challenges of making AI work are not as much about the technology, but it's about you know, all of these challenges of working in teams and in dealing with data that's probably not going to be in the quality or quantity that you want, you know, issues of staging a project, you know, tackling the right problem at the right time, dealing with the fact they have a lot of unknowns. And a lot of that really is the art of project management. I don't know if it's an art or a science. Maybe you can help us figure that oh, out. Oh, that's debatable. That's <laughs> definitely debatable. I, I, personally feel that it is an art that you practice and you get better and you have failures that you learn from. However, my master's degree is in master's of science. Mm. So there is another school of thought that says this is in science. We have methodologies, uh, which I think we'll talk about, right? But we have methodologies that are tried and true. So it depends who you ask. I tend to fall on the, this is an art because of the human aspect of it. That's interesting. Well, that kind of actually leads into to one of the core questions, you know, about project management. And maybe just in general, maybe you can tie project management to the technology, tie the tech industry and project management together. And how have you seen project management changed by technology and vice versa? I think it's an amazing question because we're living in it. Every time I do a search for project management tools, more of them pop up. So you know that there are people out there who are trying to make this role and what we have to do on a day-to-day automated and more efficient, which is why you see tools like Jira or you see tools like Adobe Workfront or Smartsheet. So there are companies thinking about how can we infuse technology with project management? But when you break down the core of what project management is, It's in the name, right? It's a project that needs to be managed. And you've got a person there who often has either no level of authority or somewhat of a level of authority, uh, depending on the project type. And that person as the PM then has to facilitate the work, working with the subject matter experts to get it from start to completion. And that's just a general overview. I think my project management audience, please do not you know, hate me for for giving that general overview. It's a lot more technical than that. But what I will say is that you've got a person in this role and you've got companies who are looking at it from the aspect of what of that role can we introduce technological advancements to, to help either make that role 
I don't think it's 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 a it's a push to make sure PMs are non-existent, but there is a mutually beneficial opportunity there for some of the things that we have to do that are repeatable and scalable. Uh, a good example of that would be creating schedules uh, in a in a system, creating tasks and deliverables, and putting dates against those, putting durations against them, creating assignments for your team. All of that could very well be managed by a project management information system or some other maybe homegrown system that the organization is looking to utilize. But I do think with the advancements in technology comes uh, a, a greater need for project management to understand what's available and see how that can be valuable for what you are doing in your role. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because with the AI Today podcast, we focus on artificial intelligence today, what's really happening. But we are advocates for, you know, following best practices, methodologies. And when we talk to project managers, they understand methodology. But sometimes when we talk to technologists, you know, uh, maybe CDOs at organizations, high high level, uh, you know, senior leadership roles, they don't always understand methodology like project managers do. So what do you see, you know, from your experience, where do you see people commonly misunderstand project management and also methodologies and the importance of methodologies, especially that, you know, technology role and mindset? Yeah, I think that's another great question. There is this misconception that there is one methodology that we have to follow and we have to stay within this and there's no movement there. What we're finding a lot more in the industry is you get this statement that's usually dropped on you as the PM from your CEO saying, we need to go faster or we need to get to, you know, in um, we need to figure out our speed to market and how do we go faster? It's consistently that. And why I call out that comment is because the misconception lies with it's tied to the methodology that the project is constrained to. So we have a few, right? So just to kind of break it down for the uh, non-project managers uh, that are listening here or, or those that are just somewhat familiar, the ones that you may have heard of are waterfall, which is basically like your marathon, where you have a baton that has to be taught, uh, uh, passed on to the next person. And the marathon can't happen unless that baton passes to the next person, right? And eventually the entire team gets to the finish line. When agile, there's a lot of moving pieces here. So we're thinking about how to best position the team and their capacity to take on the work as it becomes available. So Agile is a little bit more flexible. You can go a little bit faster. You time box things. You kind of give the work, divvy the work out as people are available to do it. And then you've got something in the middle called hybrid where you're doing a little bit of both, right? You've got some dependencies that really you can't move on with the next step until that happens, but then you can work around it with some of the other areas where they're not those strong dependencies. So that's what we're calling hybrid. And so when we think about the methodologies that exist, I think the confusion lies in that we're constrained to sticking with that methodology. And I think technologists, for example, might see that as a barrier to be able to uh, introduce systems or, 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 or other things that can help uh, maybe not replace that part of a PM role, but also help with it. 
And so I think uh, the constraint there is something that I, I want to clear up. There's always ways to do things. And I think there is the human element that is introduced into project management that always becomes the uh, flexible variable, if you were to say, um, that we can work around the human element of it if we need to make a project go faster, for example. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And also, I think the challenge is, is that especially in technologists, we have all these other related concepts to the idea of methodology, which are like frameworks and processes and methods, which may not mm -hmm. be methodology, but they mean methods, right? And it's actually been a, been a bit of a challenge. Maybe this is a, another, maybe a glossary series we need to have here, but um, you know, the issue is that when, when, even when you inside of a project, we have kind of like these sub things, which is, okay, one part of the project is you got to go out and build some machine learning model. Well, one of the things we realize is that that's not a one-step thing. That is a mm -hmm. multi-step thing, sometimes with its own little iterative uh, time frame, and that's that was actually the the origin of the CPMEI methodology, which is a methodology, but it's an it's a mm -hmm. it's a methodology for developing AI and machine learning systems. It's not a general project management methodology. You can't really use it for anything outside of AI and data projects. Like, don't use it for your grocery shopping list. <laughs> Won't won't be useful, but uh, if, and for our audience, if you're not familiar with CPMAI, we spend a lot of time talking about this in our glossary series and in our failure series. But there's a lot of common reasons why AI projects fail, and usually it's like a mismatch of the business, it's a not understanding of the data, it's issues of mm -hmm. data preparation, a mismatch and the 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 proof of concept to pilot. We have a free intro to CPMAI course that we offer on Cognolitico. So go to AIToday.live slash CPMAI and you can sign up and learn more about it. But you know, as far as you know, in terms of methodology, in terms of making all this work, I you know the challenge is really putting this into place. So, you know, how, how have you seen data and the role of data within project management and maybe even the role of AI in project management? How do you see these things impacting and changing? And maybe some of what I just talked about with uh, CPMAI. I, being a former Amazonian and Appletonian, I, I, again, I've made those up, but being formerly of two big companies who rely heavily on data and uh, data-driven decision-making, it's key to what we do in project management. When it comes to overcoming a barrier, let's say your project is hitting a bottleneck. The best thing you can do as a project manager is to utilize your data, present the data. That's what we do. So I always tell my teams when they're stuck, let's take the emotion out of it, grab the data, show it to leadership, give them what their options are and have them make their best decision based on the data that's in front of them. That's the best we can do from a project management perspective. And without the data, everything becomes very, very subjective. And I try to keep that, at least in the way that I lead, I try to keep that as much out of it as possible and try to keep us very objective in the decisions we're making. Just because the data, it doesn't lie. It doesn't have emotion tied to it, right? It's very straightforward. It gives you what your options can be. And you progress and you move forward. So I, I think that's a, a really hard concept to understand in the project management space if you have not lived and breathed it as part of your organization's culture. Now, some organizations don't rely on data as heavily. And I think those are 
some areas of weaknesses for those organizations that don't understand that is the truth is in the data, right? So then in terms of AI, I just see it getting infused into every part, no matter which industry you're in as a project manager, it's becoming everywhere, really. I think uh, PMI did a, a survey recently where they asked project management and PMI is our project management industry. So for us, this is kind of our not really governing body, but this is where PM uh, PMs go to gather, right? And uh, we're all, uh, if, if you've got certifications and that sort of thing, you're a member of this uh, PMI organization. And they did a survey of us uh, very recently. It's called the Pulse of the Profession. And every year they just figure out what are the trends? What do we have to look forward to in the next year from project management? And AI was the top of the list. So we're seeing, you know, at least 80% of the respondents to the survey saying they see AI in some way, shape or form in their organization, whether it's through an AI powered tool that they've picked up, an AI system that they've used to, to keep, for example, project schedules and budgets aligned. Uh, there are also AI-related projects, so actually building something or tool or, or software that feeds into AI. So it's it's there, it's relevant, and it's here, and it's a trend that I don't see going away anytime soon. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we have had an AI use case series, and we went over how AI is being applied in, I mean, literally just about every single industry. So from agriculture, you know, and... Um, like consumer packaged goods, fashion industry, retail industry, and e-commerce. I mean, it's really healthcare, finance, banking, insurance. I mean, it is literally covering every single industry. You can see applications of AI. So I'm not surprised yeah. by those survey results because, I, you know, project management as well. And that flows really nicely into the next question that we have, where you know, are there any implications for AI and project management? And maybe where have you uh, used AI in your project management career? Where do you see opportunities for AI in, in project management as well? I was super excited for this question in particular, because this is the part that I always struggle to explain even to my own cohort, which is there is a very human element to project management. And I think that for what it's worth, is an implication of, of AI when you mix AI with project management is I believe right now, and you're my AI expert, so I'm not trying to, you know, um, I'm not trying to uh, overstep because that's an area I'm not too familiar with, but I believe that we can only take AI to a certain extent in terms of capturing the very human element of what happens as a project manager. So you can have, for example, an AI powered tool to look over administrative tasks, right? Repeatable tasks that you see on a day-to-day -day or week-by-week -week basis that a system can then manage in terms of, uh, for example, planning meetings or day-to-day uh, -day updates, or we have something that we use, which we call a hot sheet, which every uh, end user will uh, get in their inbox and automatically every day, a list of what tasks are assigned to them and when their deliverables are due. So you can use an AI powered tool to start automating, or I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, but really uh, the AI based tool can take over functions like that. But let's say, for example, you've got a, a client call and 
the client is unhappy with something and you've got to make changes and now you're dealing kind of with the human element of it and the emotional element of it uh, that typically take over uh, some of our projects. And so there's how do you pivot in that time to understand that piece of it? And I think that's where uh, I would love to see how AI can benefit us in that way. But I do think that that continues to be an implication for us to be fully kind of immersed in having everything run by an AI system or a tool. Um, we've also used AI systems for our schedules and our budgets, like, like I mentioned. Workload balancing is a huge one. Um, using an AI system to be able to understand capacity across the organization and what people can and can't carry in terms of work based on their hours allocated. That's been super helpful for us. Um, and then it's just using the tools to also analyze the data. Uh, week, week over week, we're not just looking at resource utilization, but we're understanding how long is it taking us to complete a certain task and the trends that the the AI system is able to provide for us are very helpful for us to see uh, things like how can we plan better for our resources in the future. So all of that has been such a great benefit. The only piece, again, kind of going back to, to the question is, I wonder how close we can get to AI capturing the human element of what project managers have to do. Yeah, you know that is actually one of the the hardest challenges of, of yeah. machine learning is sort of uh, we we talk about this DIKUW pyramid, which is sort of like the increasing value of data. The bottom of the DIKUW is data. That's the D. Then you step up one, you get information, which is trying to correlate data. Then from information, you can get knowledge, which is about finding the patterns. That's actually kind of where we are right now with machine learning. And then yeah. you get understanding, understanding what these patterns are. A little harder for machines right now. And then wisdom, which is knowing what to do. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of project management, a lot of that's wisdom. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some usually gut instinct is is something that we have to rely on on a day-to-day, making those decisions, sometimes based on gut instinct rather than data, just because we don't have mm. the time uh or or the opportunity to do so. So a lot of that really is, you know, building your experience as a project manager learning from your failures. And oftentimes we have to make decisions more so based on that. Whereas what we would want to do is leverage AI and, and the data coming from our system. But like I said, often we're in a crunch and we just have to make the call on something. Mm. I'm actually kind of curious, you know, like what sort of maybe data centric tools have you used that have been helpful? You don't, I mean, you don't have the name vendors, but the kinds of tools or like, you know, where would you like, ah, man, if I, you know, this one particular problem keeps reoccurring, you know, maybe I am using a tool or I'd like, to, I wish there was a tool for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Insight. Yeah. We, we work with a lot of, uh, in, in my current role, we work with a lot of personal identifiable information. So PII. Um, but but very often, you know, PII then is attached to some codes or things that we would translate PII into so that when we either print material or we publish material, uh, the, the personal information stays secure, but it's coded into something so it translates when we're actually creating the end product. And oftentimes we see uh, maybe a certain code off from what we intended it to be. And it's looking for those trends and why does this code continue to be off or why is it not being caught in our human review? So we have actual QA people, right? Looking after trying to scan everything and make sure that it's all correct. 
But what ideally I would love to see and and leverage AI for, and and this is kind of just like a trend that I'm seeing in our own data is uh, for a system to be able to make that first pass and have introduced the team that's actually doing the QA after the system has already done a scan of it. So so we do have a, um, obviously without disclosing the organization, we have a a data warehouse and a, a company that looks after that. But still, I find, especially being oper- over operations, I would love to get to that 99% error-free model that everybody dreams to achieve. Uh, but we still find that we're we're under that percentage. And it, it would be great to figure out if there's a combination of the two things that we're doing with the, with the team actually reviewing, as well as with the system reviewing, to get us closer to that uh, zero defects or that zero errors goal that everybody has. Yeah, you know, that's a, a great example. And it's in, it's this idea of augmented intelligence, where you're taking what machines are good at and what humans are good at and combining it. So you would mm-hmm. have an AI system go through your first round of checks, but then you still have a human in the loop. So we're not removing the human, uh, looking at things. Maybe the AI system is flagging records or flagging something that it seems suspicious or doesn't Mm -hmm. seem, you know, the pattern doesn't match what the other data has. And then the human can go in and look at that. We see that in many uh, different applications. We see it with, uh, you know, if you, with image detection, depending on what you want to uh, check out in the image, or we see it with, you know, fraud detection, also with expenses. Sometimes, you know, you just can't have a human go in and do it all. It's literally would be too time consuming. There's not enough, you know, human power there. So you have the machine, the AI system go in. A lot of the records that are just fine, it's reviewing it, doing it, checking it off, and then a human doesn't need to look at it. But it's the records that maybe look suspicious or seem out of alignment with the others. That's where you want the human to really spend their time digging into it. So I like that idea of augmented intelligence and how it can, you know, how you can help bring the technology into the role that you're doing. We find that also when you do that, it's less, you know, threatening to the human Mm -hmm. employee Mm -hmm. where I'm not bringing this system in to replace my job. I'm just helping me. It's a tool that I can use to help me do my job better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And where where there's another thing we're working on just from a project management perspective on how we can do exactly that, uh, get a little bit less manual and let the system do the first pass of everything. So even if it means 50% of what the system turns out is something we still have to go in and manually update, 50% is better than 100% every time. So we're getting closer and closer to figuring that out in my organization. And I have to imagine across the industry that there are definitely organizations and project management teams that have figured out that perfect balance of the two. Yeah, well, that's great. And I know that we have our last question that we ask everybody on the interview, but, and this really has been so wonderful. I think it's given our listeners, I know us as well, insights into project management, the community, you know, how you're seeing AI impact your job and, you know, different roles within the organization and how you can do your job more efficiently. So this has been wonderful, but we always end our podcasts with the same question because no matter how many times we ask this question, we always get such different perspectives and different answers, which is why we love asking it so much. Some people take more of a philosophical, some people are very (laughs) practically minded when they answer this. So as a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application? 
application to organizations and beyond. Well, first first of all, thank you both, Kathleen and Ron, for having me on this podcast. Uh, we kind of chatted before we clicked record here, but it's been truly an honor to be recognized by your podcast as being a guest now on the AI Today podcast. I run a tiny podcast with the intent of it being a passion project for project managers or those interested and to be recognized by your podcast is uh, truly an honor. And thank you again for allowing me to be a guest. So with that being said, now I'm going to talk about the future of AI and project management. And I think here's, here's where we're at, right? So I would say organizations and project managers have to expect an imminent impact from AI. They do. I mean, just based on the survey that PMI put out where 80% of the respondents said we are either using AI or we're looking into it or we are there is it's infused in some way, shape or form into our processes and our workflows. That is just a, a striking number to me. I think last year the the survey said there was about 23% of uh, the proportion of projects that are being managed by AI. And now that's trending up towards 37%. So I would not be surprised if in the next survey that that is closer to, if not at 50%. So I see that number climbing. And I think it's just because of what we just finished talking about, which is understanding what can what efficiencies can we drive from utilizing AI in a system or a tool to help project management and allow the project managers to have more focus on the very human element of what we have to do, which very often can take the, our entire day because we are trying to troubleshoot things that I think would not be able to be uh, recognized by an AI system, but there is going to be a mutually beneficial opportunity for both AI and PM to exist together and really be great supplements to each other. So I, I also am aware that a lot of my colleagues are also, um, they are implementing AI-focused projects. So whether that's an AI system or tool that they've identified that their organization needs, and now they're in the implementation phases of that. I know that's happening a lot across the my colleagues um, in particular. And so it's understanding, it's not just taking the pro AI project and the implementation plan for what it is, like another project. I think for project managers, what I would say is understand what it is that you're implementing, because that it's going to be beneficial for you to really learn what AI is and what the organization is looking for that thing to do so that you when you're implementing it, you don't treat it just like another project. You can you're able to ask the right questions, make sure that uh, PM is is part of that conversation, and you're able to drive what would ultimately be the value of implementing that AI focused project. So, uh, hopefully, that answers the question. Uh, I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you a little bit more, but I think that's just my that's my gut instinct about where I see AI for project management. Excellent. Excellent feedback. And yeah, it, it, that's actually one of the classic failure modes for AI projects. And you may or may not be aware of the statistic, but like a large percentage, 70 to 80% of AI projects fail or uh, have a, and by fail, that means they don't, they don't return the expectation that the organization was wanting and they're usually canceled. So it's not just like, a, oh, well, but let's keep going. And it's like, no, they, they definitely end. So <laughs> uh, yeah. And the classic failure mode is honestly, the biggest one is treating AI projects like a normal project because AI projects are really pretty different. 
Um, you know, they're so data dependent. They're so probabilistic. Uh, they can go off the rails so easily. Um, and if you just kind of like, just like a chatbot as a chatbot as a chatbot, like, no, no, no. I mean, like you know, two chatbots sitting next to the different data perform very differently. And, and so, you know, at the very least, you know, the PM community will, and we'll, we'll be sharing this in your podcast as well. And I would love to tell our listeners, broaden your own horizons. I know you're all great, you know, folks listening on AI and data, and maybe you're very knowledgeable, but maybe you should listen to the PMs, project managers. And as mentioned, you know, you should definitely listen to Anne and her podcast, the Everyday PM Podcast. You heard that at the beginning. I'm going to make another call out for that. We're going to link to it because we're going to be guests on her podcast as well. So we'll share with the PM community insights into what's happening to the AI and data community. So I think this is a great interchange. And um, the PM community should definitely learn more about AI and data, what makes it unique, what makes it more challenging than, say, just functionality, where it's like, yeah, you build functionality, you could test the functionality, and if it works after testing, you can ship it. It doesn't work how AI systems work at all. It could per- work perfectly in testing and fail like the moment you hit go live. So uh, there's all these sorts of cautionary tales. We'll share them on your podcast. But I would say thank you again. You've been fantastic uh, as a guest. You know, we've learned a lot. Our audience, I think, has learned a lot. And, uh, you know, we encourage you, our listeners, to check you out in our interview. And we just want to thank you so much for for sharing your insights uh, on this podcast. Well, thank you, Ron and Kathleen. I again, I'm just very honored. I think I, I, I it's always a, a good sign when time flies, and I, I can't believe our episode is done. So, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I know that we enjoyed it a lot. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. I will make sure I know we talked about CPMAI certification, our free intro to CPMAI course, also the Everyday PM podcast, a few additional concepts as well. I'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes. So do make sure to check that out if you'd like to learn more about that. We're also very excited to be on Anne's podcast, and I'll make sure to specifically link to that episode so you can check it out as well. Uh, And then Ron had made a call out at the beginning, but if you have not done so already, subscribe to AI Today as well. We have a few additional interviews coming up. We also have our AI glossary series. We're going to have many episodes on that to help with terminology and, you know, basic understanding around AI, machine learning, and big data terminology and concepts. So make sure to subscribe so you can get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. And with that, I'd like to thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.